Hello, welcome to Bible Read Me. I'm Charles Van Dersen. Today I will begin summarizing the reading beginning with April the 9th, day 99. We learn of Baron Hannah's prayer for a son with a vow to give him, Samuel, back to God as a Nazarite for life. In her prayer, she warned that God would humble the proud. At the age of less than four years old, she left him in the care of Eli the high priest. Eli was a lax father to his sons and did not protect the holiness of worship in Shiloh's tabernacle. As a teenager, Samuel's first message from the Lord was to prophesy a judgment on Eli's family and his descendants. The Israelites tried to use the Ark of Covenant as a good luck charm and were defeated. The Ark was also captured by the Philistines to their ultimate dismay. Finally, Samuel's prophetic office was confirmed through the fulfillment of his prophecy when Eli's two sons died on the same day. Just a couple of things to say about the Nazarite vow. The Nazarite vow was an act of separation to be consecrated for God's service for a specific period. There were three rules to obey. One, no drinking the juice of the vine. Two, no cutting of the hair. And three, no defiling of oneself by going near a dead body. There were four notable Nazarites in Scripture. Samson, found in Judges chapter 13. Samuel, found in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. John the Baptist, found in Luke chapter 1 verse 15 and verse 80. And Paul, found in Acts chapter 18 verse 18. Dr. Charles Ryrie says, these outward signs served as a public testimony of the man's dedication to God. The Ryrie Study Bible, 1978, page 216. April the 10th, day 100. We read how the prophecy delivered by Samuel to Eli was confirmed. Eli, his two sons, and his birthing daughter-in-law died on the same day. The Philistines captured the Ark of Covenant and learned that the God of the Israelites was superior. In their attempt to be rid of Israel's God, they inadvertently caused more self-inflicted punishment by sending the Ark of Covenant to five different cities. Finally, they made a successful test to determine if the plagues were in fact caused by God and sent it back to Israel where 70 Israelites were killed by God for committing the sin of dishonoring God's holiness when they looked into the Ark. Samuel led Israel to victory against the Philistines. Later, the Israelite leaders demanded that aged Samuel give them a king because his sons were obviously corrupt, similar to the sons of Eli, the former priest and judge, and they thought that a human king would be more successful to lead them into battle than would God by his judges. See 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 16. Samuel reluctantly complied after he solemnly warned them that God would not answer their prayers for relief when the human king abused them with his power. The Lord was angry for their request of a king because it was their desire to reject his divine theocracy for an earthly monarchy. Ignorantly, they were trying to fix their spiritual problem with a carnal idea. Not long before the Assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom later in history, Hosea prophesied for the Lord and said, quote, Now where is your king? Let him save you. End quote. Hosea chapter 13 verses 10 through 11. April the 11th, day 101. 
We read the account of Saul looking for Samuel to find out where his donkeys may have wandered, but leaving him as the first monarch of Israel. Talk about getting your money's worth. Later, when Samuel assembled the people, he chastised them for rejecting God or a human king. Then he authenticated his prophetic office by calling a thunderstorm during the harvest season. As Samuel prophesied, the Holy Spirit changed Saul's heart, and he led the army in a victory over the ruthless king of the descendants of Lot, whose name means snake. Finally, Samuel publicly relinquished his theocratic authority over the nation with a prophecy that if the people obey, they will be blessed, but if they return to idolatry, quote, both you and your king will be swept away, end quote. Saul's servant told him what he knew of Samuel's reputation among the people because, as he said, everything Samuel says comes true. One sure sign that authenticated the prophet's message was the successful performance of producing a miracle, especially one that altered nature. Moses with the plagues, sea and manna, quail and water from a rock, Joshua with the stopping of the sun, Samuel with the rain during the harvest, Elijah with the drought and subsequent rain, Elisha with the floating axe head, and Jesus by walking on the water and calming the storm, just to name a few. No wonder why Jonah was so disappointed when his prediction of doom didn't happen right away, because of God's forgiveness, of course, or why the Pharisees demanded such a sign from Jesus, and why in Revelation it says that the nations will be deceived by the false prophet when he is able to call fire down from heaven. April 12th, day 102. King Saul began his 42-year reign at the age of 30. King Saul's disobedient impatience, presumption, foolish oath, and ill-equipped troops at war with the Philistines caused him much trouble with God and man. As the unarmed Israelites were deserting the battle because Samuel delayed his arrival, Saul sinfully assumed the priestly role by conducting the sacrifice that was reserved for Samuel. In this way, he rebelled against God's explicit directive and set into motion the beginning of his end. His son Jonathan proved to be brave, wise, valiant, and demonstrated his faith in God, good characteristics for an heir to the throne. However, Samuel told Saul that God had found another man who was a man after God's own heart to replace him as king. Saul won many battles and conscripted every brave warrior he could find, but his disobedience in battle against the Amalekites confirmed his disqualification for kingship. April 13, day 103. We read how Saul's greed, pride, and fear of his own soldiers' opinions influenced him to only obey part of the Lord's command, thereby equaling total disobedience. He committed the same sin as Achan by violating the law of, quote, things set apart for destruction, end quote, reference to Leviticus chapter 27, verse 29, and Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26, and Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 17. Confronting him for his cowardly behavior and wimpy explanation, Samuel responded with a bold declaration that heralds the overarching theme of worship protocol found throughout all of Scripture. That is, quote, To obey is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offerings. End quote. In judgment, the Lord replaced his Holy Spirit's presence from Saul with a tormenting spirit. 
Maybe this is why later during his reign, David pled the way he did in Psalm 51, verse 11, after the exposure of his great sin with Bathsheba and Uriah. The Lord sent Samuel to anoint David, a man after his own heart, and David received Holy Spirit power. David relieved Saul of emotional distress by skillfully playing music. When Goliath taunted and defiled the armies of Israel, David began to inquire the specifics of meeting the challenge. This piqued Saul's curiosity. April the 14th, day 104. We read the account of David's miraculous victory upset in the battle with the Philistine giant Goliath. David gave all the glory to God, but the people gave the glory to David to the dismay of King Saul. Noticing David's ever-growing widespread popularity among the people and observing David's blessed success in every military campaign King Saul assigned him, with the hopes that David would die in harm's way, increasingly aroused Saul's suspicious jealousy. When his personal attempts to kill David failed, he ordered others to kill him, but none dared to try. Duh, smart choice. Finally, David ran to relate everything to Samuel and Saul attempted to kill him there. But in spite of his murderous intent, God's power overwhelmed Saul and in the same way as he controlled Balaam's tongue, God caused Saul to humble himself and prophesy incessantly. This gave David time to escape. April the 15th, day 105. We read how David, who had barely escaped with his life, found Jonathan and protested Saul's unjustified threat on his life. Jonathan defended his father's innocence, but agreed to a test that ultimately revealed that David's fears were well-founded. Jonathan blessed David with a very profound statement, quote, May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father, end quote. They each made a solemn oath of faithfulness to each other and their respective families. David ran to priest Ahimelech for help, but disguised his urgency with a lie. For his act of hospitality to David, Saul slaughtered 85 of the priests and all the respective families. David fled to the land of the Philistines, but had to disguise himself as a raving lunatic by drooling on his beard, which was considered to be one of the most offensive acts in the culture of that day. He did this to avoid detection. David composed Psalm 34 at this time, saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. This ends this week's episode. Next, I will pick up on April the 16th. I look forward to your visit then. May God bless you.